Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing, the show where busy people like you learn how to build substantial passive income while creating wealth for the long term. And now, here's your host, Marco Santarelli. Welcome to another episode of Passive Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Marco Santarelli. Well, today we're going to talk about something a little different. Something you probably have noticed over the last maybe three, four years is there have been more and more investment properties that have been coming to us and through our network that are new construction. They are not your typical turnkey real estate investments. And what I mean by that is properties that are newly refurbished or renovated into like new condition. And that's really what 100% of our inventory was for the longest time, especially since the Great Recession, because there was all this new inventory that was coming out of the market. And, and our property providers in the different markets would take that inventory, they would acquire it, renovate it, make it into like new condition, and then provide it to us so you as our client could build a portfolio of these great properties in great locations that have cash flow. Well, as inventory continued to get tighter and tighter over the years, especially over the last three, four years, maybe longer, what we've been seeing is more of this trend that new home builders have been picking up on and capitalizing on, which is what we've referred to as the B2R space or the build to rent. And it's essentially new home builders building property specifically designed for investors on the acquisition side, but the business model is they take these properties and they rent them. They're not living in them as homeowners. And so one of the states, i.e. Florida, is one of those states where you see a lot of this built-to-rent product. And it's a great, profitable, lucrative model where we see a lot of price appreciation. There's never a guarantee with appreciation, just keep that in mind. But we've been seeing a lot of price appreciation over the last few years. You still see good cash flow and you see warranties and other things. So what I wanted to do today is bring one of our trusted providers from the Florida market. And I say Florida in general, not a specific market. Why? Because Wagner, who I'm bringing on here in a second, is one of those people who we work with closely to bring us product in different cities within the state of Florida on that new construction side. And so with me today, I have Wagner. Wagner, welcome to the show. Marco, thank you very much for having me. It's always a pleasure and honor to work with you and to be here once again with you and your listeners. Well, it's great having you on. I know we've had this conversation a number of times about bringing you on and talking about new construction. You know, it's interesting because what we were talking about is actually spotlighting one or more markets in Florida and having a market spotlight. And I think what we just decided to do is table that as a new episode separately. And we'll probably cover the Ocala market um, in Florida, which has been on fire for a long time. It's just been a solid market. But for today, I think what we want to cover are... 10 good reasons to invest in build to rent or new construction homes, essentially. Is that right? That is correct. And build to rent is one of the hottest topics. It's one of the hottest markets right now in the country. The Wall Street Journal has featured in May. Uh, build to rent communities popping up and how to control those rents and how to make the product very unique. And that's really what we specialize, Mark. In the past 20 years, we have done over 400 turnkey properties or flips. Uh, and then we really I started acquiring a lot of land about six years ago. So today we have close to 3,000 doors that are in different stages of development exclusively for investors 
investors. And that's a big plus because usually homeowners won't get access to those properties. Those are exclusively focused for investment cash flow appreciation. Well, of course, nobody can guarantee appreciation, but state of Florida has been very, very, very good to us in that aspect, right? We're not better than anybody else. Just follow the leaders. Lucky to be here in the beautiful state of Florida. Yeah, I love it. Well, I, we do a lot of work in Florida. I have my own rental properties in Florida. I love Florida. You got zero state income tax. It's uh, it's great business climate, beautiful weather. I mean, you have a lot going for you there. So, you know, congratulations. So let's kind of start breaking this down. People are listening to this and saying, you know, why would I want new construction? Or maybe they're biased and they want new construction because they think, okay, well, everything's new. There aren't no problems. I've seen new construction in the past, and I've been involved in some new construction in the past where there were some problems. So nothing is completely foolproof, but you have things in place to take care of issues that come up, not just the warranty, but you know, you've got the builder behind you, especially when you first take possession of that property. But let's just go through these 10 things. And I'm not going to go in, you know, into this in any specific order, but I want you to just, you know, deep dive into some of these things. The first thing that you pointed out to me is there's a cost savings when you're buying directly from a developer or builder. Can you explain what the benefit is from a cost savings perspective? So cost savings, uh, Marco, it's really important. And the reason why you have a lot of cost savings is because builders and developers, they buy in what we call the economy of scale. They buy multiple products at a very large quantity. And we can actually save the client money. But everybody keeps asking, is, doesn't every new home that actually we purchase uh, as an investor, because I'm an investor myself, come directly from the builders and developers? And the answer is no. The majority of those homes, they come directly from homeowners and realtors, not directly from the source. So cost saving is huge when you're talking about a new construction direct from the developers and the builders. You will save a lot more money and have a lot more built-in equity if you buy directly from developers and builders. So the fact that one of our clients is purchasing it through our network, through Norada, which is connected to you and the builder, you're kind of hand in glove with the builder, you're not suggesting that there's any extra layer of cost there. It's still a purchase directly from the builder or the developer, right? This is as direct as you can get, and this okay. is the lowest you can purchase. For example, properties, I'll give you a quick example so you understand the cost savings right now. So properties in the same complex are actually just appraised for the construction loan that the builders are obtaining for $249,900 just a phrase this month, October, 2021, we're selling to investors for 225. Okay, well, that's great. That's 25,000 in equity right off the bat. So let me put my skeptics hat on for a moment. And I don't know what you're gonna say to this question, but I'm just thinking back to the days back in 2004, 2005, 2006, the years leading up to, you know, the kind of the housing market crash and then the great recession thereafter. I remember that there was also a time back then when investors were investing in places all over the country from the Inland Empire in California to Las Vegas, Phoenix, and even places in Florida. And appraisals were coming back higher than the purchase prices. So, you know, when you look at that, there's a similarity to what was going on back then to now. I think back then there were just a lot of flipping going on and i don't think there was really a buyer's market at the end of that train in other words someone was passing the bag you know from one person to another and property values were going up because of speculation not because of true demand i think the dynamics today are different there really is a lot of demand and shortage of supply and builders are struggling to keep up 
with the amount of demand that is there today. My question to you is, is there a different dynamic going on today than there was back then? Are these appraisals solid, meaning they're based on actual retail sales to a home owner, like a home buyer? Correct. They are. And there's several reasons why we can really dive deep into that question. The first one is the down payments. In 2008 and 9, we didn't have big down payments like we have today, 20% down, right? So only real well-qualified buyers. It's not easy to get a loan today, guys. Not because we have one of the lowest interest rates in the past 50 years right now that it's easy to get a mortgage. It's not. It's to the contrary. So actually, we have very high standards to qualify for mortgages right now with very high uh, uh, down payment amounts. Second is, yes, they actually do physical comparison with the radius from the property. And those uh, properties are actually pending, active, or sold in the majority within less than a mile to a mile and a half from where the new construction is located. Also, Mark, one big, big topic that we need to cover here is actually the replacement cost of the property, right? Today, the replacement cost is very, very close to the sales price of the property. There's not a lot of margins from the builders like there was in 2008, 2009, or 2000, that's when it exploded, 2005, all the way up to 2007. Big margins, no qualified buyers, a lot of speculative buyers. Today is exactly the opposite. We have a lot of very serious investors looking for rental properties for cash flow in areas where jobs are coming in. There's a lot of jobs, a lot of demand. People are migrating from New York, California, Connecticut, New Jersey to fix their permanent residence here in Florida. As we well know, not everybody has the down payment money nor the credit just to qualify or to purchase a property. We are becoming a renter's nation. So my personal opinion, I'm not an economist. I'm a local guy. Real estate is very local, so I can only talk about the state of Florida. We're not in a bubble. Definitely not in a, in a, in a very high appraised, uh, out of context uh, era. And I think the prices are going to continue to go up just because we have been undervalued for so long. You know, Florida hasn't had much of a demand like we're having right now because of the immigration numbers and companies moving in. So this appreciation is real and I invest where we sell. So it's really important to eat from your own cookie. I'm a real estate investor as well, not only a builder developer, I buy the properties that your investors like. Got it. Okay, cool. Okay, so the second benefit of these uh, 10 good reasons to invest in build to rent or what I call new construction is uh, what you call higher cash flow yields. So I want you to explain this to me because we might have a slight difference in our opinion on this, but I am in agreement with you. So explain the high cash flow yields when it comes to build to rent property. So there's several advantages, and, and one of them is really the low cost of maintenance, right? Because we actually patent and we created what we call a tenant resilient home, which is the next topic that we're going to talk about. It all of our houses come with all the upgrades included. For example, we have no carpet to be replaced. We have waterproof vinyl flooring or tile. We don't have formica. We have granite countertops. We don't have regular bulbs. We have LED lighting. So your low cost of maintenance will always, always yield a better cash flow because it's not what you know that's going to hurt you, Marco. It's whatever that maintenance ticket item that's going to do with your capital expenditure costs. And that's a big one. If you guys have done turnkey properties in the past, and we always have Halloween uh, night, you know, uh, nightmares to share with you as far as old properties, but new properties you have a very reliable and well-known uh, expense report as far as the capital expenditure is concerned. So very high cash flow yields because your cost is pretty much 
fixed, right? You already know what you expect. And that actually is always great on a new build and uh, and on a tenant, uh, a for rent tenant property. Okay. So really you're breaking it down to maintenance expenses and being lower because of the materials you guys are using. But are you also suggesting that you have higher cash flow yields because your expectation is that you're not going to have maintenance and repair in the first year or first few years because everything is new? Is Are you implying that? I am actually stating that, yes, that's one of the reasons why we have okay. several more. So that's only one of the, the upside is really not to have a lot of maintenance or, you know, unknown maintenance. Also warranty. It, so this is part of our 10, but we can cover a lot of them right now. So number two, I would say is really the yield between the low cost of maintenance and no maintenance for the first years uh, compared to the rent. So you're not going to have a capital expenditure that is going to be projected on that spreadsheet at least at the beginning. If anything needs to be fixed, the builder will fix it for free because it's under warranty. If there's anything that's caused by the tenant, the tenant will pay for it. So that's gonna prevent that buyer, that investor from having to have big capital expenditure on a property that is unpredicted. Do you have an opinion, and this is kind of a side question, but do you have an opinion about having your cash flow projections with new construction having zero for vacancy, but more so zero for maintenance and repairs. The reason I ask you this is because I, being, I guess, a little more conservative, I like to actually still budget for maintenance and repairs, even though I know I may not have any issues for the first X number of years when it comes to these new construction homes. I still take kind of a more conservative approach, but that's just me. You know, everyone's got a different philosophy or opinion on that. What are your thoughts on it? I used to have a lot of existing inventory that I purchased in, in very high uh, cash flow markets, such as Memphis, Tennessee, and the best. I had a lot of properties there. And I had a lot of one, you know, really unaccounted for expenses that actually wasn't projected. On new construction, I have owned them for about four or five years. Five years is pretty much where you need to start allocating more of a capital expenditure fund uh, on your rents. I don't calculate neither vacancy or actually maintenance on my forecast, just because uh, for one property that we built, Marco, we have 30 to 40 tenant applications. We can really select whomever we want to move into our homes. That's really how desperate the market is for new residents, right? And as we are married, we know once our partner walks into the house, they see the beautiful kitchen with stainless steel appliances. They walk into the master with a walk-in closet, granite countertops, double sink, you know, walk-in shower with tile. It, it, they're sold. They'll pay an additional $100, $150, $200 to have a brand new house. That sense of ownership that that tenant builds on that new residence, that they cook their first meal, they took their first shower in, they have the sense of ownership. They tend to take care of that house better than an existing property that doesn't have all the upgrades. It's quite funny, but this is my personal experience. I have seen the tenants are better and well-qualified a lot better than actually an existing property, and they tend to maintain the property a lot better. So for the first five years, I haven't had any major issues that wasn't covered under warranty myself. Got it. Okay. Thanks for that. Okay. So this next one kind of had me chuckling a little bit, you know, these tenant resilient homes that are really something that you're labeling, but, you know, new construction homes or especially the build to rent model are designed to be tenant resilient homes. And the way you described it to me is that you're building houses with abusive tenants in mind. What do you mean by that? Well, uh, I think we always have uh, had tenants that are, are not perfect. 
or you know, far away from being perfect. So actually by personal experience and by being a builder and having several rental properties, I found that the items that actually cost more for replacement and we try to address this right up front. I'll give you a perfect example. The biggest ticket item in a house, it's the AC, it's the roofing, it's the water heater. So the water heater, let's start by the water heater. We buy commercial or professional water heater for our houses. What is that? Those are usually water heaters utilizing restaurants, very high traffic areas. And that's what we put in our houses. Why? Because it's going to last you longer. It's going to give you a better product overall. So not every home builder thinks like that, right? He's going to buy the less expensive, the whatever it's the standard in the market. We buy professional and commercial. We don't use Formica, right? We use granite countertops or quartz. Why? Because they're durable. You can put a hot pan and it's not going to burn. You don't have to replace ever. Uh, and, you know, same thing as the flooring. We don't use carpet. We use either water resistant, waterproof vinyl flooring or tile. So that actually gives you more durability and the house keeps looking new for a longer period of time. LED lighting, same thing. We only use LED lighting in our houses. Why? Because that's going to minimize the amount of consumption of electricity, not only help the environment, but the tenants actually don't have to replace any bulbs or our maintenance team doesn't have to replace any bulbs. Another thing we do, Marco, we actually deliver that house, not only tenant resilient, but tenant ready. Uh, we put stainless steel appliances on those homes. Uh, we put blinds, we put ceiling fans on that house. So the investors does not have to spend another dollar from his pocket before his tenants actually move in. Nice. Okay. Makes sense. So these are tenant resilient homes. I guess another feature of new construction homes that is pretty attractive to investors is the fact that they have home warranties and you'll need to explain this because they talk about, you know, these one in 10, two in 10 type warranties and whatever that means. But, you know, it's a new house. There's nothing that's been worn or consumed. So there shouldn't be any issues, but you still got this coverage for the warranty. I think that's a big benefit. So why don't you explain how the warranty works and why, you know, investors can sleep easy with it. Warranty is one of the biggest qualities we have on new construction, right? So we have uh, one year, I know houses doesn't have bumpers, but we have a bumper to bumper war uh, warranty on the first year. We have on the second year, a lot of the manufacturer's warranty that is going to probably lead into a lot of the 10, 15 year marks with shingles on roofs and air conditioning. So, and we also have mandated by the state of Florida, what we call a structural warranty. So if your house tends to settle or has any major cracks on the slab that it actually is demanded for the builder to fix. Those are very high ticket items that are actually already included. And to sweeten that as well, Marco, we buy what we call a 210 warranty, which is a third party company that actually will give you a policy at closing with a number to call, a point of contact for them, an email address. And we utilize this company just because it is a national company and it helps us keep those houses a little bit better while taking care because they're actually monitoring us. So for us to keep our rates low with them, we have to provide a product that is superior in what the market is actually offering. And because, you know, sometimes the warranty can cost the builder thousands of dollars. My cost on a warranty right now, just to give you a precise idea, it's $1 that I pay for every $1,000. For a $200,000 home, it only cost me $200 because our houses are so solid and well approved. And hopefully other builders are listening to this. They're like, oh my God, I pay so much more. But the reason why our rates are low is because the product that we deliver usually are problem-free and they usually outperform what the minimum requires of those warranty companies actually request. 
Okay, so they come with what kind of warranty? A, a two, a, a one? It's a two-time warranty. Okay, it's two-time. a private company. It's a public. Uh, it's a national company. I apologize. And they also are backed by the builder's warranty. But now you now have a national warranty that comes with your houses, provided by an independent warranty company that is actually a national company. And of course, we have to support the company and provide all the services. But yes, it's a two-time warranty, which is a national company. So just be specific. The two and the ten covers what? So one year covers everything on the house, anything interior, exterior, uh, flooring, countertops. The two years is usually manufacturer's warranty. So for example, some of the parts for your AC, a lot of the flooring, countertops, faucets, showers, delamination on cabinets are included on year two. And then all the way up to year 10, you also have remaining manufacturer's warranty on a lot of the items, shingles, uh, AC parts, uh, not labor on the air conditioning unit, for example. Uh, but yes, it covers a replacement of thermostat for malfunction. Uh, so you have a lot of additional manufacturer's warranty, as well as the appliance warranties from the manufacturer. And then at the 10-year mark, you only have what we call the warranty for the structure of the property. That is the slab, it's the driveway, is anything that if it settles on the house and if it cracks the, the, the exterior walls and that's already included. Another big item, Marco, that I have to say, which makes our properties a lot better as far as warranty is we only build concrete block. So concrete block is the best product available in the market right now. And every single family homes we build, it's usually concrete block because we only build the best because we buy it. <laughs> So just one last thing, one last question on that, just for the uh, listener's benefit, why do they break it into two and 10? What is not covered after the first two years that is in the 10 year window? Uh, Usually it's only parts uh, from a lot of the big ticket items. So for example, air conditioning, a lot of the compressors are covered on the year two, but not labor. So it's a lot of parts are included, but not labor. A lot of the manufacturers, they will cover a lot of the parts, but not labor on the year two. Okay, cool. So one of the other benefits you point out is, say, easy financing. Maybe I say that in air quotes, but uh, what do you mean by easy financing? Why would new construction be easier to finance? Well, uh, lenders right now are requesting, at least in the state of Florida, what we call a four-point inspection or a wind mitigation for approve some of the loans because you have already a new house that actually complies with 2021 and 2020, 2022 codes, building codes. We have the best and the most durable product available in the market. And for that, you don't have to hire wind mitigation. You don't have to hire four-point uh, inspection from, from a licensed inspector in the state of Florida. It gets your loan approved much quicker because now they know they're actually approving a brand new house. A lot of insurance companies and actually lenders are now requesting a lot of additional inspections on existing properties in Florida. And some of those properties can actually not even get you insurances or premiums that are so high that you wouldn't be able to afford or make sense on a cash flow basis. Do you find a lot of, I guess this is market specific, do you find a lot of new construction homes require wind insurance coverage? Uh, no, they're already included. So every insurance company that does business in the state of Florida, they already have a hurricane insurance already included into their policy. It's mandated by the state. Okay. All right. Next bullet point, if you will, is a higher uh, tenant retention. Why would new construction have, on average, higher tenant retention? What is it about the new construction that makes tenants want to stay longer? You have the best looking house in the neighborhood. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's a matter of opinion, but I, I do agree with you in a lot of cases. Uh, well, 
well, let's just say you have the newest house of the neighborhood then if it's not the, the best looking. But, but the high tenant retention is this. Once they move into a new house with all the upgrades that are included on a tenant resident home, you don't have much more to ask for or where to go. You already have stainless steel appliances, great flooring system, LED lighting, you know, Wi-Fi ready garage door opener. So usually our tenants, they tend to release their leases on a, on a new single family home, for example, between three and four years. So they usually try not to leave that house as much as they can because they do know that they have the best property available in that area with all the new features, energy efficient. I mean, you call it, they have a better insulated, better AC unit, brand new. So usually the tenant retention, at least by my personal portfolio and a lot of our investors and your investors as well, uh, the higher tenant retention is huge. And as you know, on a property management side as well, that's gonna cost your investor less year over year. For example, property management here that we have in-house, it's only $150 to renew a tenant from one year to the next year's contract. You don't have to actually pay uh, to find a tenant, to place the tenant. So it's a low, much lower cost on a tenant retention having a great tenant. Just by the way, it's really important to mention that for every brand new house that we have listed uh, for rent, we usually receive 30 to 40 applications, as I had mentioned before. So today we have zero houses available for rent. I have a house that we closed not too long ago, and I can give the address so you guys can go in Zillow. It's 735 Marion Oaks Manor. That house sold for $198,000 close two weeks ago. And I actually got a tenant in one day for $1,700 a month. And that's, the tenant has over a 720 credits worth. Wow, that's great. I mean, that was quick and that's a good rent on that property. That's a perfect segue to the next topic and that's location. And location is critically important. I, you know, I think location is a major factor in determining where you should invest as, as well as how you mitigate or lower your risk. So I look at it as a metropolitan area and then by the city and then suburbs and then neighborhoods and communities. So talk to me about location. Why is that important? Why is that a major benefit of, of built rent? And the other thing you might want to add to that is the different locales or or markets within Florida that you're operating in right now? So that's a great, great topic. So usually we go for suburbs uh, for, as we had said, and Marco very well pointed, Orlando, for example, it's not a very good cash flowing area right now. It's really, really high prices. So cash flow is very low. So we go for areas that are actually in the suburbs. Uh, for example, Ocala, uh, the villages, which is near Ocala, which is a 55 and over community is the fastest growing MSA in the country for 2021. So we look for jobs. The first thing we look for location is jobs. We actually meet with the economical development and the city manager and the mayors, and we find what companies are coming here, how many employees, how many houses are available on the market for rent, what's their rent prices. So by building new, we're able to select closer locations to where the companies are establishing themselves. If you buy an existing property, well, that probably was a great neighborhood 10 years ago, 15 years ago, but what jobs are going to that area? What's the proximity? So we can geographically strategize where to place our properties. And that is key to the success. You want it to be near 
medical facilities, jobs, retail. You know, so those suburbs right now are becoming independent centers for the major cities. And that's where all the jobs are going. So the location is so important to the point that, you know, it's one of the oldest thing in real estate, location, 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 right? And by building new, we can really be precise where we choose to build. We don't have to settle for an old address or an old neighborhood where it used to be hot 50 years ago, but it's not hot anymore. So location is key for the success of your investment. What are the other metro areas that you're focused on? Ocala is one of them. Are you in a few other markets right now or are those all sold out? We are. We are so from east to west. We're in Palm Bay, Florida. Palm Bay, if you're aware, it's a neighboring city from Cocoa Beach where SpaceX, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos is there with Blue Origin. We have the Brightline train that is now connecting the Orlando International Airport to Port Canaveral all the way down to Miami. And Richard Branson is actually the owner of that, the owner of Virgin. Uh, so there's so much money, so much capital going to that space. Uh, coast where uh, Bombay is, and it's absolutely amazing what's happening there. We have over 400 technology companies in Bombay in the neighboring city of Melbourne, right? We have four international airports within an hour's drive from Bombay. You have Daytona International, Sanford International, Melbourne International, Orlando International Airport. We're actually in Deltona. Deltona, it's about 25 minutes on the I-4 corridor east of downtown Orlando. We have a brand new hospital there called Halifax Medical Center, and we have a project coming live across the street from that hospital. Next door to us is 1.2 million square feet Amazon distribution center. So Deltona is absolutely an amazing place to invest. We actually have Zephyr Hills, which is more towards the Tampa or what we call Orlando Tampa area. We're building several projects in Zephyr Hills, Florida. We are in Ocala, as I had just mentioned, and we are in Leesburg. Leesburg, Florida is where the village is. It's in Lake County, Florida. It's where the village is actually expanding. We just acquired 8,000 acres and they're building 42,000 new homes for 55 and over. So it sounds like a lot of these locations you're talking about are the path of progress where metropolitan areas and cities are growing out to and growing past. And we've seen this happen in many areas like Houston, where it just kept growing further and further north into Sugarland and Woodland Hills and all kinds of stuff. And now these are well-established cities, part of, you know, suburb, the suburb of Houston. So it sounds like what you're describing is exactly the same thing. These metropolitan areas and smaller cities are just growing and morphing into larger metropolitan areas, right? Absolutely correct. That's exactly what's happening here. Heading forward, it's very, very uh, good for your listeners to hear. We drive, I live 25 minutes from my office. I used to live three minutes from my office, but now I live in an area that it's a much, uh, it's a beautiful, has beautiful greenery. It's in the suburbs and I drive 25 minutes to come to work. My wife is a physician. She drives 25 minutes to come to work. So it's very normal for you to have very long distances that are probably 25 to 30 minutes. People are used to driving, but that's definitely, Marco, the path of growth is on the suburbs, on the major highways, the major interstates, the I-4, I-95, which connects Miami to New York, I-4 that connects the east all the way to west. So from Daytona Beach, all the way up to Tampa. You have the Florida Turnpike. It's, that's a huge path of growth. Yeah. So we usually look for major highways and we follow the path of growth from the suburbs. Nice. So this eighth benefit, if you will, or bullet point that I'm calling it is, you know, builders buying in bulk and the benefit that comes out of that. So explain this as a benefit with new construction housing and the build to rent model. 
So the secret of any builder will tell you this, it's called the economy of scale, right? Yeah. So when we buy in bulk, when we use the same product over and over again, not only we speed up the process of installation because the same crews are going to perform the same tasks over the desk over and over again, but also we save a lot of money. Those monies get actually transferred in built-in equity to the buyers. So when you buy from builders direct that actually are buying in bulk in economy of scale, it's the same product you would buy at a Home Depot or a Lowe's a store, but because we buy container loads of it for our properties, actually we can save a lot more money. And in that way, we pass it along the savings to the investors. So the point there is that you have lower acquisition costs as an investor because the price is lower? That's correct. Okay, so that segues to your ninth point here, and that is built-in equity which sounds like we've kind of gone full circle on, you know, you've got lower acquisition costs, but they're appraising at whatever fair market value is, which is higher than your purchase price. So you have this built-in equity. You've kind of touched upon this. I don't know if you have anything more to say about that. I do. Built-in equity is very important. And I'll tell you why. Because actually, because we have a lot lower entry-level costs into the final construction costs, we can pass it along. But building equity is not only important for us from the savings perspective, but also we rather sell a property for a little bit less money to an investor that we know it's going to close. You know, if we had to place the same property on the market, that property will probably take 30 to 45 days after the CO, which is a certificate of occupancy, for us to get that property closed. We actually, we would have to offer upgrades. Investors, they know what they're getting day one. It's easy process for us on building construction. That saves time, speed up time for us, but also investors close on their properties or well qualified. So the builders don't have to worry about, you know, that investor or that homeowner not coming to the closing table and getting that done. Investors close on properties quick. That's why it's more uh, favorable to a builder to work with an investor than what it is a homeowner. Right. How often do you see issues with appraisals, regardless of whether it's an investor purchasing it or a homeowner? Do you ever see appraisal issues where they could fall short or maybe below what your expectation is? We have never experienced that. And how far back are you going when you're doing a look back on that? So I would probably say in the past four or five years, we haven't had any appraisal issues. Wow. That's actually yep. impressive. Yep. Okay. Our, our, our prices are very conservative and uh, that actually builds up our reputation as well. So because we work with the same lenders over and over again, the same appraisers come to our properties over and over again, yep. they know they're very conservative. They know what the market is and we have never, not never, but in the past five years had any issues with appraisal, thank God. So let me press a little bit further down on that. I'm not going to hold you to these numbers and I don't think anybody would, but just for my own knowledge and the people listening, in terms of how much equity are in these new construction homes, and I know it varies by location as well as price point, but generally, what are you seeing in terms of built-in equity when you come into these new construction homes? You could do this by percentage or in dollar terms. It doesn't matter to me, but just to give listeners an idea. I would say the minimum you can probably find is 3%. And the maximum as you can find is probably going to be 6 to 7%. That's probably a good range for us to start. But the minimum, minimum, what you're going to find in our property is about 3%. Okay. And you're talking about like equity, difference between appraised value, like the real market value and the purchase price. Correct. Well, so let, let's just phrase it this very, very well. If you buy a property today for $225,000, right? At closing, usually appraisals will not appraise this property 
20, 30, 40,000 over. Usually they come very close to appraised price because they don't want to show the bank that your property is now worth $250,000 and they're only lending towards 225. So, but if you get an independent appraisal, you get going to have a big gap. Bank appraisals are ultra conservative. We never had an appraisal issue in the past five years, but usually they're going to come very close into your contract price. But if I put a house two or three uh, lots down and I sell it for 249, it's going to appraise as well for 249. And I had that happen to us. In the same street in Palm Bay where we built, we had one house sold in different times and $205,000. The other one sold for 225. Both of them appraised a contracted amount. So if you get an independent appraiser, you're going to have a much more real value on the property because bank appraisers are ultra conservative. Okay. So you threw me off for a second there when you said the uh, equity is between three and 8%, but you're talking about the appraisal at the time of purchase based on your purchase price. Is that correct? Because it sounds like if you, if you get another appraisal done after you've purchased the, the property, from a third-party appraisal unrelated to your financing, that's going to be a much different number. You're looking at twenty, twenty-five thousand, thirty thousand dollars difference in the purchase price compared to whatever comps they're looking at in the market. Is that fair? so? I have two answers for you. Okay. Your equity, your built-in equity, is actually day one. It's when you actually sign the contract on the property, not at delivery. Delivery, you're going to have a much more of a built-in equity than what you would have today. So that's also very important for you to say. You're going to put a deposit on a property. We're going to build you that property. And it takes us about eight months. The equity that you're actually realizing right now is what it is in two days. As soon as you sign your contract, by the time that you close on this property, it's going to be worth much, much more. So the three to six, seven percent is on two days built-in equity, not future value. Okay. All right. So just to be clear, if that property was constructed today or 30 days after you signed a contract, you may have that three to 8% from signing, but is the market value today different than the purchase price that you contract for today? Does that make sense? That is absolutely correct. Okay. Do you have a gauge on that differential? I know this is a moving target, we, and I'm not holding you to it. But we follow the news and a lot of the trends, and Goldman Sachs actually just came out with the news this week, and they're okay. projecting for 2022 for national house prices to go up 16%. You know, so yeah. we have seen Ocala in the past 18 to 20 months go up 60% in value. But, you know, as we know, nobody guarantees appreciation. Sure. It's really what the market can provide to us. And the market has been great to us in appreciation and cash flow in Florida. Okay. All right. So let's wind this down. Let's talk about insurance real quick. Lower insurance costs on new construction. I don't know if that's always true. I can't think of an example, to be honest with you. But why would uh, insurance costs be lower on new construction homes? Maybe more specifically, these particular new construction homes that you're talking about. So uh, actually, we have proven we can share with you guys. Uh, Actually, we work with a, a very good insurance company here. Not that you have to utilize them, but why is insurance cheaper on new homes? Because we're actually built up to code. As you well know, uh, a house that is being built in 2021, if you're in the coast in Palm Bay, for example, we use high impact glass. So you don't have to put shutters in case if you have a storm. That gets into consideration. And I'm not talking a big uh, gap. I'm talking about a huge gap. I'm talking about 60 to 70% savings if you're actually buying insurance for a new property. That's humongous. That's huge. The reason why is simple. If you have an old roof on a 25-year-old house, 
the first wind that comes in, that's going to damage the roof. If that roof is a twenty-five to thirty, maybe forty thousand dollar fix for an insurance company, that's why now they're requiring wind mitigation uh, inspections and four uh, point inspections on the existing homes. New homes, they know you're up to code. They know that you know your uh, trusses system is actually tying down to the concrete block. Your uh, shingles are much better and, and much more well-established because right now the code is requiring us to put one nail every two inches on the roofing system. Before, you used to get away with 10 to 12 inches on a roofing system with nailing. No, right now we have double pane glass on our, our windows. So it means much more durability, less energy consumption. So same thing with the garage doors, right? The concrete box. So the insurance companies realize if there's anything that happens, the old homes are gonna be the high ticket items for them, not the new construction. And that's why they're passing along those savings because it's a very competitive insurance market for new properties in Florida. Right. Got it. Okay, cool. All right. Well, let's call this the uh, bonus number 11 of the uh, 10 benefits of new construction homes, higher quality tenants. Why would a tenant in general be a higher quality tenant with new construction homes compared to, let's say, something else out there on the market? So it's very simple, Marco. The reason why is several, but let's just talk about location. We build near good jobs. So medical facilities, hospital, assisted living facilities. So we attract nurses. We love nurses. They're great tenants, right? Distribution centers. When Amazon sets up, hundreds of companies come to support the distribution center. A lot of technologists companies, distribution companies, trucking companies, and they usually have very high credit scores and a very a steady income stream. So those are the tenants we look for. Last but not least, technology companies, right? You guys are from California, from uh, Texas right now, Austin. Uh, Palm Bay now has been coded uh, as the new Silicon Valley in the US. So a lot of technology companies are coming here. So we focus on very high quality tenants because we established our residences for investors near those centers. So our tenants usually have an above 700 credit score and usually they have very solid stream of incomes and we verify employment as well. So that's why I'm saying on an older home, on a, a not as nice home, probably gonna attract the same tenant as you would on a new home if he didn't have an option. But if you, when you have an option and when you have a partner, your partner is gonna help you pick the best house. And that best house is usually for more qualified investors. Why? If I have 30 to 40 applications on a new home, I can pick and choose who my tenant is, right? right? On a new home, you're not gonna have as many applications because people are not as desired to live in a pre-existing home. That people have lived, probably you have a lot of wear and tear on a new home, you're going to be the first one living there. Multiple applications are raining in, and we usually place a tenant within a week. So it's fantastic. We can pick and choose who we want. So better quality, well qualified tenants every time. That's awesome. Cool. Wagner, I appreciate all the insight on the 10 plus benefits of new construction homes or what in the industry we refer to as B2R, built to rent type homes. So Thank you very much. I appreciate you coming on the show today. Marco, thank you very much. And if I may leave something for you guys, uh, really is, you know, your investors take action. If you're sitting in your couch right now, getting all this great education, if you don't take any action, you're going to still be sitting there a year from now, having the same Corona or Diet Coke and have not made any cash flow. So, you know, sometimes what you need to do is prepare yourself, study, get educated, listen to, to Marco and his podcast, talk to the investment counselors. They are investors as well. They know the areas, they know the products. Just go out there, take action, because that's what's going to make you guys financial free. 
give you financial freedom. Like I semi-retired in 2016, Marco, because of real estate. So this is not something only that I built, I developed, I buy, but I am leaving proof that cash flow, appreciation, tax benefits from real estate is really what can set someone's free and get them out of the rent race. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of truth in that, Wagner. Thank you. I mean, you're stealing my thunder, but that's great uh, hearing it from someone else. You're right. Execution is everything. I mean, you could educate yourself and you can have a plan, but unless you actually take action, nothing will happen. It won't materialize. You have to manifest this stuff and execution is where it happens. So I appreciate you know those closing comments. So that's it for today, guys. Appreciate you listening here. Remember to subscribe if you haven't. If you have questions, just remember, I do an Ask Marco episode roughly every other week right now. I love the questions that are coming in. So submit those on the website. There's an Ask Marco link at the top of the website. Just click on that at PassiveRealEstateInvesting.com. Share the word with your friends. Do them a favor. Help them learn about investing in real estate in general because the more they know, the more they'll probably likely take action and work on their financial freedom and financial future. That is it for today. Thank you for listening and we will see you guys all on our next episode. Are you on track to achieve your financial goals? Income producing real estate is the most historically proven way to accumulate wealth and has created more financial freedom than any other means. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best turnkey cash flow rental properties. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly income. Get your free strategy session with our knowledgeable investment counselors at noradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. Nothing on this show should be considered specific personal or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate legal, tax, real estate, or business professional for individualized advice. For distribution or publication rights and media interviews, please contact the host.